So y'all ready for part seven of Crazy Faith? All right, get out your notepads, because we're about to go in. Today we are starting part seven of a series we're calling Help Me. You got to say it one more time, because we're in an arena right now. This series is called... We've been talking about the irrational things that God calls people to do when they start actually living for him. This definition of crazy faith, it means thoughts and actions that lack reason. But we are trusting fully in what you cannot explicitly prove. And we've gone through all these different types of faith. We started with crazy faith, then we went to baby faith, and then we talked about maybe faith, and then, and then we, we talked about wavy faith, and then Pastor Jeremy last week, hazy faith, the week before that, Bree taught us about daily faith, and I got one for you today, but let's go to the scripture first, Matthew chapter 26, verse 40, and I'm going to read this from the message version because it captured me, it says, when, when he came back, this is Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and, he, Gethsemane and he was trying to pray before he went to the cross and he asked his three closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, to just wait with him and pray for a little bit. He's, he, he caught them napping. And it said when he came back to the disciples, he found them sound asleep, snoring, drooling. He said to Peter, Peter, can't you stick it out with me for a single hour? And I bet Peter was like, Jesus, I wasn't even sleep. I wasn't even sleeping for real though. I was resting my eyes. <laughs> that was my line as a kid. I would tell my parents I was asleep. I was resting my eyes. I was knocked out. Um, it said, stay alert. Be in prayer. So you don't wander into temptation without even knowing. <sighs> that ain't what I'm preaching today. But ooh. isn't it crazy like when you sleep? When your eyes are closed to things that are right in front of you, you find yourself tempted. When you keep scrolling and watching things that you're not supposed to, but you're dead to it, and, and temptation just shows up at your front door. Yeah, that's not the message, but um, it says you're in danger when that happens. This is the part I want you to focus in. It says, this is Jesus talking. He said, you know what, y'all? There is a part of you that is eager and ready for anything in God. Like, there's a part of you that has crazy faith. Like, God, whatever you say, let's do it. Let's go. Let's move. Let's, let's conquer. But then look what he says. But there's another part in you, too. That's as lazy as an old dog. Sleeping by the fire. Today, I don't want to talk to you about the part of you that's ready to go and the crazy faith. Today, I want to talk about the other side of you that's in the same body. The part of you that on Sunday will be jumping and hyping, and then on Monday won't do what it takes to see the breakthrough you believed for. Today, I want to talk to the part of you that, that is not going to get Instagrammed and nobody's going to praise you for. The title of today's message is, some of y'all guessed it, Lazy Faith. Yeah. Yeah. I want to help you because this is the part that will keep us from the promise if we do not submit the lazy parts of us to the all-powerful creator. And some of y'all are sitting here like, uh-uh, Pastor Mike, that ain't me. I work hard. I do everything that God tells me to do. I'm, I'm the one. And yeah, in some areas that you let us see. But if we're honest, 
Christ, we all have areas in our life where we do not have the strong, eager faith to do it. And we have lazy faith. Can you think right now so you don't point to your neighbor? Do you know an area in your life that your faith is lazy? Come on, lift your hands if you got one. And if somebody, lift your hand back there, Shirley, I see you. And you don't have to admit it to me today. But what you do have to is come face to face with that so that God can correct that. And what I'm finding out so many times is that people are eager for the promise, but they're too lazy to pick up their pen. Uh huh. They're eager for the healthy marriage, but they're too lazy to go to marriage counseling. Some people in this room are eager for the relationship, but they're too lazy to work on their reality. I want her to be 6'6 six, six and fine and have a degree. You don't even brush your teeth in the morning. You don't even, like, you, you don't do your hair no more. You wear the same outfit every week. Like, you won't even work on your reality, but you want something. And so many people in this room will come in here and get inspired and get crazy faith, but never deal with the lazy faith. The thing that's on the inside of you that knows God can, but you won't do the work to make sure it does happen. Ah. And I know this won't be popular, so I amen myself before I came out here today. But some of y'all are eager for a successful business, but you're too lazy to budget. At the end of every month you broke. But you make sure you take your pictures with your coffee from Starbucks that you don't even finish and you really can't afford. But you want God to bless the promise. But you're too lazy to steward over what he's given you already. Somebody shout at me, lazy faith. I'm in somebody's business right now. Because that outfit you're wearing is delaying your promise. The car that you're driving is delaying what God has for you. those extensions your nails are making your promise known you are in a place where if you don't come into the place where you can evaluate where you really are God has an amazing promise for you but if you don't confront your lazy faith you will stand outside of the promise that God has for you see this is something I want you to write down. <laughs> People are willing to get a prophetic word, but they won't do the prophetic work. Everybody wants a prophetic word, but they do not want to do the prophetic. Everybody say work. Do you know your work is prophetic? See, when you work right now on whatever God's placed in front of you, like it's something already, it's speaking to your future. It's calling your future into alignment. When I was speaking to a youth group with no microphone and I was sweating and sweating out of suits and doing examples and doing all of that stuff and wasn't 35 people in the room, I spoke this into existence with my work. God already spoke it over my life, but if I never cracked the Bible, if I never took the challenge to speak in front of people, if I never tried, I would be sitting here with a prophetic word, but no prophetic work to match it. And I dare say to you in this place today, there are too many people in the body of Christ waiting on God, and he's waiting on you.
Well, I just wish God would move me out of this house. You haven't even raked the leaves in 17 years. Nobody, nobody would even want this because you haven't put your hands to it and taken care of it. And God is saying, I'm a God of stewardship. I watch what you do with what I've already given you. And I'm, I'm going to speak the word over you. I'm going to tell you what I want to happen in your life. I'm going to give you an impression. But you have to start doing, everybody say, the work. Now, I'm not talking about striving. Because some of y'all just heard, that's why I knew I was just supposed to go out and just take over. No, no, hold on. You get instructions in the presence of God. Not, not striving, but striding. And when God puts something in front of you, you kill it. When God tells you to go, you go full force. And I, what I'm seeing in this is that the prophetic work looks different for everybody else. For some people, it's physically doing something. For ev- other people, the work is not doing something. See, some of y'all, the work you need to do is stay home. You want to be everywhere doing everything. But God says, I need you to stay in a place where I can speak to you and develop you into who I want you to be. But some of you, the work is going out. Well, I'm just a natural introvert, but God's called you to touch the world. So are you going to allow your your preference or your personality to rule your life? Are you going to tell your purpose that no, 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 God has something greater for me than what my personality says. And now my personality has to submit to my purpose. But that's going to take everybody say work. Uh And some of us are just too lazy for that. How many people in your mind, like you see people going all out and just be honest, you say it don't take all that. Come on, some of y'all think that about me every Sunday. Like Pastor Mike, like sit on a stool. Like it don't take all, like it don't take all of that. And for somebody else, they could sit on a stool up here and do it because everybody's not gifted and called to do the same exact thing. But when I get up here, I know what God's put in me. And if I sit up here and give you 30% of what I'm doing, I did not put my prophetic work with his prophetic word. And some of you, you're saying, well, I don't have all of this. You got a pen and a paper. You haven't even written the vision down and make it plain. And I'm trying to move you from getting hype in a series to seeing it in your house. I do not want you to thank God for what he did for our church. The real testimony is when I come to your address. The real testimony is when we look at your family life. Y'all better hear me. The real testimony is when your marriage has been changed by not faith that we just talk about, but faith that people can see. Do you know that you're the only Bible some people will read? They're waiting for it to come alive in the book of Takesha. I know we read John and Luke, and, but they want, the, the, they want to see it in the book of Travis, in the book of Larnell, in the book of Bob. That's where they're going to find out that Jesus is real. So we have to do the work. Everybody say work. work. That God has called us to do. And that's why I'm coming to you today, and I'm going to confront your lazy faith. Forgive me right now for coming at you this hard on this first service that I'm preaching. But somebody needs to be shaken out of complacency, and somebody else needs to be shaken out of the lethargic way that they've been living. Look at what, look, look, look what this quote says. It said, hard work pays off in the future, but laziness pays off now. Some of us are living in the fruit of our laziness. And so 
And so we have to confront this notion that we want the promise without the process. But God says it's time for you to embrace the process. And that means you're going to have to let go of lazy. Just say that. Let go of lazy. I'm going to be real practical today. Let go of lazy. Some of us will die because of the way we eat. Can I be honest with you? Doing funerals for people who are obese is, is one of the quickest ways to snuff out the purpose and praying over people's lives. Because so many people die with purpose. Do y'all know the richest place is the graveyard? All the ideas, all of the things that we've never heard of before. It's in the grave right now because people were too lazy in their everyday life to become who God called them. He called you to be it. He called you to do it. He called you for more. But you're too lazy to go to a counselor. You have issues and trauma from your childhood. You don't know how to communicate. And you're 58 years old. And you had kids. But you still, when you get angry, you go into rage. But you're too lazy to confront the issue that happened to you when you were 10. Remember we say stuff like this, it don't take all that. And y'all know some people that are shutting me off right now because I'm tap dancing on your business. I'm in your house right now. But we can never get the prophetic promise. And the prophetic word, if we don't do the prophetic word. Okay, 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 okay. I think y'all got this now. So today I'm going to show you a group of people who didn't have lazy faith. And, and, and they didn't let nothing stop them from believing that God could do a miracle. And I hope that you're going to see the type of lives that God's called Transformation Church and Transformation Nation to live right now. I want you to go to Luke chapter 5 verse 17. Because the opposite of lazy faith is active faith. Everybody say active faith. It's faith that'll move when God says move. It's faith that'll figure it out. It's faith that will go and do what God's called them to do. And we run into these guys and the title of it is Jesus healed a paralyzed man. It says one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. So Jesus was healing all types of people. Verse 18. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They came and they tried to take him inside to Jesus. Now, I want you to put this picture in your head right now is that Jesus is healing everybody. You got a cold? Boom. Oh, is that a hand withered? Is your sinuses clogged up? Like he just, he healing everybody. So word starts spreading and these guys we don't know exactly who they are at this moment, but they think about their friend. And they say, yo, Jesus is healing people. Why don't we go get Jerome? And the other friend was like, I don't really want to go get Jerome right now. But this may be Jerome's only opportunity to come out of this paralyzed position that he's in. And this is what lazy faith would have done. <laughs> lazy faith won't carry what seems insignificant to Christ. See, when you're lazy, you're in a situation where Christ is doing something and you'd be like, yeah, that don't matter. 
my broken situation doesn't matter to God. My, my, my family issue doesn't matter to God. What's happening at my job doesn't matter to God. But these dudes had active faith. They had crazy faith. Lazy faith would say it doesn't matter. But these dudes said, we're going to carry our friend to go see Jesus. Now, I want you to get the picture of this. They went to where he was. What up, Romy Ron? What's up, bro? <laughs> we heard Jesus is healing people. Don't move. He was paralyzed. Don't move. We about to take you to Jesus. And they had to use their own strength, their own faith. This is what crazy faith says. To actually pick up and carry you to a place where we believe. You don't even believe it yet. He didn't ask to be taken there. It was the faith of these guys who said, we know God's in the healing business, so we have the faith. Some of y'all are going to have the faith to speak life over family members, faith to speak, oh, y'all don't hear me, over businesses. They not even asking for it. But lazy faith would have left them there. But what crazy faith does is it says, hold on, we're going to carry you. And these dudes carry him to Jesus. Why would you carry something insignificant to Jesus? It's because he cares. And I don't know who this is for, but I need to minister to somebody right now. Some of you have been in this room and you have not been taking the things you really need to take to Jesus to him because you don't think he cares. You think that it's, no, oh, that's not enough to bother God with that. But look what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. And today, I don't know what you've been carrying in faith, but some of you have been carrying it to friends. Some of you have been carrying it to a bottle. Some of you have been carrying it to an addiction. And Jesus is sitting in the house and he's saying, hey, I actually care about the thing that's paralyzed in your life. I actually, that thing that's deformed in your life, I care about it. Could you bring it to me? So the faith of these friends... They, they realize that lazy faith won't carry what seems insignificant to Christ, but crazy faith casts all cares. And today, somebody needs to cast your cares before you leave this place. Today, you're going to throw something on this altar or throw something out to God that you're going to say, no longer will I carry this weight alone. I'm casting this to Jesus. Now, look at verse 19, because something strange happens. They, they carried this paralyzed man to Jesus, but they tried to take him inside to Jesus. Because in my mind, that's what happens. Like, oh, they was probably gassing him up, bro. This your last day crippled, bro. Bro, you about to be able to hoop. Bro, you going to the league. Look how long you are, bro. Like, wait. They was probably gassing him up on the way to Jesus because of the miracles they heard. And they said, bro, we're going to take you right in. We're going to lay you at his feet. He's going to do the little, ah. And then you're going, ah. I'm telling you, bro, just hold on. He's coming. But look what happened in verse 19. But they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. What happens when you have faith enough to get to a place and then the plans don't work out like you think it was supposed to? What happens when God told you to move to Tulsa, but then the job didn't come through? What happens when, when you knew you were supposed to marry the person and then y'all started arguing on the honeymoon? You was like, I made the wrong decision. Like, 
See, let me tell you what lazy faith will do. Ah! Lazy faith thinks an attempt is adequate. Like most of us, we would have carried that man all the way there, seen the crowd and be like, well, we tried. Write the business? Well, they deny me for the loan. Try to have a baby and they told me I'd be infertile? Well, I tried. And what happens is we think that an attempt is adequate. And we allow the crowd that surrounds our promise to detour us from what God has called us to. I'm preaching in this place. Most turn around at the sign of turmoil. You think that's a sign from God, but turmoil, honestly, is one of those things that God uses to transform you. <laughs> turmoil, the crowd, the obstacle to get to what God has called you to, many times it's a test of your faith. Maybe the crowd was curated. Maybe God designed that struggle for you. Maybe the setback has significance. Maybe the obstacle is an opportunity. I don't know who I'm talking to in this building today and you sitting here looking at me like I'm a concert performer but somebody needs to realize in this room that many of the obstacles that you are going through right now are proof that you're supposed to be there ah, you thought them giving you a demotion was proof that you were supposed to leave but this is just proof that God's word is going to come to pass in my life if you believe it give God a shout of praise in this room season of crazy faith as a church and if the crowd or the obstacle would have been my sign to give up on this place we wouldn't be sitting here today when they told us we're not accepting any offers on the spirit bank event center what did we tell them we'll check back every week some of y'all have stopped because you tried once I tried to do the business I tried to forgive them I tried to mend that relationship. I tried church. And God's saying, one attempt is not enough when you know the promise is on the other side. Like if you knew everything you needed was on the other side of a locked door, what would you do? I mean, if your whole year's salary was on the other side of a door, and if you just got in, it was yours. Some of y'all would, y'all put your head through the door. You, you'd be throwing kids through windows. <laughs> she said, yep. <laughs> Who are her kids? <sighs> but, but that's why we need to refer back to James chapter 1 verse 3. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Like when these dudes walked up and the crowd was there, I know there was a couple people with lazy faith because they was like, well, but there was at least one person that was like, oh, shoot. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, And they did not see the crowd as the detour. They just saw it as a platform for God's power to be seen. They saw it that God's gonna have to do something real crazy now. Oh, y'all better hear me. He's going to have to go over and beyond. 
But y'all know we serve the God that does exceedingly. Abundant. Oh, y'all better help me. Above all we can ask, think, or even imagine. So, 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 so lazy faith thinks an attempt is adequate. But let me tell you what crazy faith thinks. Crazy faith says, I won't quit. Some of y'all need to get that attitude in your heart right now. You tried the business before, but I'm not going to quit. I, I, I tried to get into that school once before, but I'm not going to quit. Somebody say, I won't quit. Some of y'all right now have divorce papers ready for your marriage. I feel this so strongly right now. But the reason y'all are getting a divorce is because neither of you actually tried. It's been lazy faith. You've been praying prayers. I hear this by the spirit. You've been praying prayers. God fixed them. But today in this message, I believe that somebody's hearing this message and they're going to realize that it's not in God fixing them. It's in you doing the work for God to fix you. And there's going to be something. I need somebody to just believe with me right now because God wants marriages to work. I believe that relationships are being restored in this mall. I feel the presence of God in this place. I believe that people are going to go back and say, we got to get this our real effort now. We're not going to walk in lazy faith. One attempt is not okay. We won't quit. Somebody say, I won't quit. I feel the presence of God in this place.